This broadcast of the PJC Media Network seeks to present wholesome, thought-provoking, and entertaining content. However, the views expressed by the hosts of PJC Media are theirs and theirs alone. They do not reflect the views of this network or its affiliates. Please utilize listener discretion. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Let's Talk About It with Jenny White Show. Each week, we feature different topics concerning issues that sometimes can be difficult to talk about. These issues concern children and adults who may be autistic, have Asperger's, or have mental disorders of any kind. We will discuss law enforcement and how they interact with these persons. Now, let's start the show. And good evening, good evening. This is the 19th of May. 2023. So I'm hoping that you guys are okay and that you're going to be the half of the year in a what a week and a half. So it seems to me that it's been gone really quickly. I don't know what you guys think, but I think it's been gone really fast. We're talking about this is the uh, Part third, the third part of what we've been talking about for the last two Fridays, and this is the last one, and we're still talking about um, why do we do it, when do we do it, and how do we stop doing it for good, and we're going to, I'm going to give this now to my host. Mr. Coleman, how you doing? Good. Good evening, Jenny White. How are you today? I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, okay. We've like been say, talking May, about... May 19th. Yes. And I don't know, maybe someone has a birthday. I'm sure they do. I don't know anyone that has one, but, you know, happy birthday. <laughs> But anyway, uh, so you're going to take us straight up today, huh? Yeah, yeah, we're going to kind of cap off uh, this series of the uh, Mountain of You um, transforming self-sabotage into self-mastery. There are other uh, techniques and and things that we can talk about uh, at later dates, and we'll come back to it. I mean, it's a process, but uh, today, uh, one of the topics, uh, what we're going to start with is uh, how to build emotional intelligence and uh, the triggers. Your triggers are the guides to your freedom uh, and how to help to release some of the things that we've been holding on to that have been holding us back from being our best selves. Uh, so, uh, you know, anyone that has any uh, questions or want to make a comment during this uh, presentation, uh, feel free, push the one, and uh, you'll go into um, uh, the queue, and uh, we'll talk about it with Jenny White. So, 
uh, we'll start the show off uh, by saying your triggers are the guides to your freedom. So overcoming self-defeating habits goes beyond identifying them or why we do them. It also requires us to understand our deepest needs and what we desire. This creates a pivot point to begin aligning our life with who we really are. Triggers show us where we're stored unresolved pain. The negative emotions that inspire, they inspire, carry a message that we do not yet understand because we do not understand. We shut down the feelings and repress it. We avoid doing things that may bring those feelings up. As a result, we become sensitive to the world. It is easy to think that what triggers us is the problem, but the problem is that we do not know what to do with the emotions the trigger makes us feel. We must learn to identify why something triggers us and how to interpret negative emotions. Even though your triggers are unique to you, it helps us to understand the function of certain feelings. Stop trying to get over them and listen to what they are trying to tell you. For instance, anger is actually a healthy emotion. It can show us our boundaries. It helps us identify what we consider unjust. Anger tries to motivate action. It is a rush of emotion that helps us change when we are not projecting it onto someone else. If we repress it, we do not resolve our issue, and it can convert into aggression, which is when we take, take it out on others. Sadness is the normal response to loss. It is often felt on the heels of disappointment. It becomes problematic if you do not allow yourself to pass through the phases of grief. Sadness is often experienced in waves which overtake us at unexpected moments. Showing sadness, crying, and missing what we no longer have is a healthy way to release these feelings. It okay, takes can I stop you vulnerable. before I forget sure. this? I probably should have written it down. But you were saying that uh, when you're angry, it's okay. Yeah, it's a healthy emotion because it shows us our boundaries and it helps us to identify what we consider unjust. Okay. And it motivates us to action. But see, okay, the action might not be good. You know, if someone is angry and you said, okay, it's okay to be upset, and I know what you're saying, but, you know, you can go and get a gun, and then you shoot somebody. So well, I mean, I mean, we're projecting the anger onto someone else, and and that could be a problem. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, Real. you know, it's all about. Well, it's all about uh, if we repress it and don't resolve the issue, it can, you know, it can convert into aggression, which we can take it out on other people. So, you know, um, anger helps us see what our limits are, and, you know, we have to use our energy to propel important changes. Uh, so, you know, 
it depends on the circumstances and situations. Uh, but but okay, if, I, I I don't want to. I'm trying to understand because usually when people get angry, they, you know, they're not in control. And anything can true. happen. That's not true. That's not true? That's not true. You're, you're angry I mean, and you're controlling it? Okay. Uh, I mean, you can. I mean, just because you're angry doesn't mean you have to act you know, uh, negligently or act out on someone else. I mean, you know, if, if every time somebody got angry and took it out on somebody else, it'd be a, it'd be a big problem. It'd be a whole a whole lot more people out here with felonies and, and you know in jail because they acted out on their emotion and their feelings, which you know they may not feel the same way tomorrow, but you know because of the actions that they took at that particular time, they're going to be dealing with the consequences of it. So, uh, you know, if a kid gets angry, you're not going to uh, say it's acceptable for the kid to, you know, throw a tantrum or tear something up or hit somebody else just because they're they're mad. Um, so this is just saying that if you're angry, there has been a trigger that took you there, got you to that point, and you have to be able to, uh, you know, Be able to identify why are you angry. Some people can be angry at themselves. It ain't got nothing to do with nobody else. I mean, maybe you said something that you shouldn't have said. Maybe you did something that you shouldn't have did or didn't do something that you should have done. You know, maybe you missed out on an opportunity that you should have taken advantage of. You know, um, so you have to understand what the trigger is. Uh, If somebody beats you to a parking space in the parking lot, you know, you get pissed. You know, so what you gonna do? You gonna do like Medea, and once they go in the store, you are gonna get a, a tractor and pull the, you know, pull the car out the parking space and, and dump it over in the middle of the parking lot. I mean, you know, so it's the consequences for your action. So, uh, you know, I'll I'll continue. There's anger, there's sadness, there's guilt, and while guilt can be feeling bad about doing something terrible, it's usually what we feel when we didn't do something or is closely associated with remorse. Uh, it requires you to look deeply at your behaviors and analyze them. What do you feel bad about? Be prepared to admit and correct the behavior. Apologize if you need to. If your guilt is a generalized feeling, look at who or what makes you feel wrong. Or is if you were a burden, this kind of guilt is often carried over from childhood. Embarrassment. Embarrassment is what we feel when we do not feel proud of ourselves. We make ourselves feel more embarrassed than anyone else can. It is often accompanied by shame and leads to feeling invalid or worthless. The confidence that you are doing the best you can with what you have is the best cure. The comments of others will have minimal impact when you feel proud of yourself. If you feel proud of yourself, it doesn't matter what somebody else says about you. Jealousy is also an emotion. Often shows itself as anger or judgment, but is in fact a cover up for sadness or disfaction. Jealousy will show you what you truly want out of life. When you suppress your willingness to pursue what you want and see someone who has it, 
we condemn them to justify our own inactions. That's called a hater. <laughs> Resentment. Resentment happens when people do not meet our expectations. People are under no obligation to live up to our ideas of them. I'm going to say that again. Resentment happens when people do not meet our expectations. People are under no obligation to live up to our ideas of them. Reinvent your image of those around you, especially those you perceive to have wronged you. Release those expectations and see them for who they are. Focus on what they can teach you. So, you know, like they say, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. That's what Angela Mayalu said. Regret. Regret is a way we show ourselves what we need to create going forward. Regret can motivate you to live up to your own expectations and show you where you need to change. For example, if you regret not traveling when you were younger, regret is showing you that you should travel now. Chronic fear. If we were haunted by fearful thoughts, our internal response systems may be underdeveloped or hindered by trauma. Constant fear allows us to focus our energy on a potential threat to protect ourselves from it. It allows us to feel some sense of control when, in fact, the fear is controlling us. Lean into your fear. If it happens, it happens. Take back your power instantly by learning to believe it will be fine. You know, those things don't kill us. We're we're afraid of it. But... At the end of the day, you know, things seem to work out. If it don't kill you, it only makes you stronger. I'm sure you all have heard that before. Nothing can ruin your life more than you are ruining it with negative, irrational thinking. So it ain't the outside forces that's ruining your life. It's you ruining your own life with negative, irrational thinking. And I'm sure we all know somebody that's just a Debbie Downer, uh, just a negative person. You know, everything that, you know, comes out of their mouth is negative, pessimistic. You know, what's wrong? What's wrong? Ain't nothing wrong. Why you always asking me what's wrong? Ain't nothing wrong. Everything is good. You know, you projected your your your, your fears and, and, and negativity on, on somebody else. And you have to tell them, keep that. Get out of my face with that. So our internal guidance system whisper until they scream. The things that are bothering you are not external. They are your own mind telling you what can be fixed, changed, and transformed in your life. If you never learn to listen or ignore your mind, you can become a victim to it. Quiet your mind to hear what it is saying. You already have the answers. Your self-sabotaging behaviors simply need to be seen for what they are, behaviors that are trying to help you meet your needs. Be wary of extreme self-sufficiency as well as codependency. Human nature, you know, you've heard misery loves company. Human nature seeks out connection and trust. It is valid to need to feel validated, to feel wanted, to need to feel secure or the presence of another human being. Self-sufficiency is important, but we need to recognize that we cannot meet all of our needs alone. 
This is why we exist in families and form communities. We feel fulfilled when working for the greater good. You are not weak for having these essential needs. Your subconscious mind is trying to communicate with you. Our self-sabotaging behaviors contain incredible wisdom. They show us what we have been traumatized by and what we really need. Here are some examples of common behaviors and what your subconscious mind may want you to know. So the way you are self-sabotaging, going back to a relationship that broke you, what your subconscious mind wants to tell you is evaluate why you feel comfort in someone who hurts you. The way you are self-sabotaging, attracting broken people to you. What your subconscious mind wants to tell you is realize that you are worthy of being committed to. The way you are self-sabotaging, generally feeling unhappy. What your subconscious mind wants to tell you is stop relying on outward accomplishments for inner peace. The way we are self-sabotaging, pushing people away. What your, self, what your subconscious mind wants to tell you is be authentic. Quit pretending. The way you are self-sabotaging, believing what you think and feel is true. Your subconscious mind wants to tell you learn to mentally discern what is helpful or not to find clarity and truth. One way we're self-sabotaging is eating poorly. Your subconscious mind wants to tell you don't be extreme to nourish yourself well, both physically and emotionally. Sometimes we're so mentally off that, you know, people eat for comfort. So, you know, in that instance, you know, rest, don't be extreme. Just don't, you know, just don't go to the outer limits and, you know, rest and nourish yourself well, both physically and emotionally. You have to take control of your mind. The way you're self-sabotaging is avoiding doing the work to move forward in your career. What your subconscious is saying, regroup and rethink what you are doing. Overworking, that's how we're self-sabotaging. Your subconscious says, you do not have to prove your value. Stop running from being alone with your feelings. Sometimes people don't even want to, want to be alone with themselves. They don't want to feel it. So they try to hide it. Caring too much about what others, what the opinion of others, caring too much about what other people think of you. That's self-sabotaging. Your subconscious says you are not happy as you think you are. Self-sabotaging behavior. You're spending too much money. Your subconscious says things will not make you feel more secure. Discover what your needs really are. Self-sabotaging behavior, dwelling on past relationships. Your subconscious says the relationship affected you more than you knew. Find acceptance and closure. All right. So choosing competitive friends is self-sabotaging. You need your subconscious says you need authentic connections to others. Other self-sabotaging behaviors, having self-defeating thoughts. Your subconscious says, stop trying to numb yourself against the criticisms of others. 
self-sabotaging behavior, not promoting your work. The subconscious says you have a fear of judgment and are judging yourself harshly. Self-sabotaging behavior, worrying that things aren't about you when they aren't, worrying that things are about you when they aren't. A lot of people say things are, they're taking things personal. They're worrying that things are about them when it's not. Ain't nobody talking about you. Your subconscious says, you think about yourself too often. Ain't nobody paying no attention to you. Self-sabotaging behavior, staying somewhere you do not like. Your subconscious says, make peace or take pride in why you live where you do. And if you don't, do something about it. Self-sabotaging behavior, excessive social media scrolling. Some people just live on social media. Some people want attention. They, you know, they, they they put a post up, you know, like I was looking at somebody's post the other day, and, you know, they, they were talking about um, their interaction with a vendor that they had coming to the house to deliver a dumpster so they could clean their house up. And the whole conversation with them, me, them, me. I mean, it was about it was about half a page long, and this was on Facebook. I'm like, Jesus, are you serious? You wrote the whole conversation. Subconscious, the subconscious really wanted to say, what discomfort do you feel within yourself that you are avoiding? I mean, really, people ain't really interested in your life like that. So learning to listen again, you are here because you do not know how to meet your needs in the moment. Oh, you making phone calls over there, Jenny White? No. Okay. Uh-huh. I, I, just, I just heard somebody, I heard, heard an automated system calling or recording. But if anybody's out there, you have any questions about anything I've gone over thus far, or you want to make a comment, you know, feel free, push the one, and uh, we'll talk about it. But learning to listen again, you are here because you do not know how to meet your needs in the moment. Start paying attention to internal cues. Start by learning how to listen to your instincts and how to follow your gut. Our brains and our bodies are connected, which is why we have gut feelings that proceed logic and are often correct. Intuition, a lot of, you know, women have intuition and or people have discernment. But you have to understand that your gut instinct can only respond to what is happening in the present. It isn't psychic. When you have an instinct about the future, you're projecting. Be careful to react to the person in front of you, not to your idea of them. Question if you are reacting to a situation that is playing out in the moment or one that you are imagining or assuming will happen. Sometimes we have preconceived notions about people uh, based on their past behavior, and so, you know, we'll react to a situation. Uh, Instead of what's playing out in the moment, we'll react to uh, our image or what we assume is going to happen, just based on what's possibly happened in the past. Your gut instinct wants to make things better. Your imagination says often uh, make things worse. Okay, repeat that. Your gut instinct wants to make things better when you have a gut feeling about something. But your imagination often makes things worse. How do you know when a feeling is an instinct versus fear? 
or a limited limiting belief. The reason, the way that you know if what you're feeling is an instinct versus fear or a limiting belief, your instinct is a response. For example, when you do not want to spend time with someone who drains your energy because our stomach and our mind are physically connected through the vague, through the vagus or vagus, V-A-G-U-S, nerve, it allows us to react to things in the moment. It is a quiet impulse. You know, you got somebody to come around and you just have a feeling like, oh, my God. You know, it's because our stomach and our mind are physically connected through this nerve, and it allows us to make have that feeling and react in the moment. Your feelings are reflections. Now, that's an instinct. Your feelings are reflections of your thoughts. They do not advise you of a correct decision or guide you through life. Learn to become aware of them and organize them. Learn to trace your feelings through their original thought process. Remember, you can feel something and not act on it. When you are learning to listen to yourself, it can be hard to differentiate between helpful intuitive thoughts and ones that are intrusive and damaging. Both are immediate and reactive. Here's some of the ways to tell the difference. Intuitive thoughts are calm, rational, based in the present, quiet, fleeting, create a feeling of understanding, are loving, come out of nowhere, do not need to be grappled with, Intuitive thoughts will never make you feel panicked, open up possibilities. They come from your best self. Intuitive thoughts solve problems. They help you help others. Intuitive thoughts help you understand your feelings, and they come from deep within you and show you how to respond. That's intuitive thoughts. Okay, we got we got a lot going on on the, on the line, Jenny. Got a lot of noise. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't hear a lot of background noise. But I wanted to ask you were saying about uh, being controlled. I guess that would be what the item that you heard or that you spoke about. And if someone else came out you know, with something to say, then you could really get into a situation. So basically what you're trying to say is we should be controlled. Is that not true? Say that again. Say that again. I said what what we should be doing with situations is control and don't get you know you can get somebody might say something and it just jumps into you and then you say something and then they say something and then there it is there it is it's going on straight on unless someone stops well, I mean, it's you know, if some if you respond like that, somebody says something or does something to you, then that's a trigger. Now, how you respond to that trigger is up to you. Um, 
your you know your body will have a physical reaction nine times out of ten, whether it's um, in your mind or your stomach, uh, and whether you know you feel you've been disrespected or you feel like somebody's giving you a hard time or um, you know whatever that that is, you have to be able to. Um, have enough wherewithal to be able to identify it in the moment in order to figure out, you know, what your response, if any, is going to be to it. Uh, like they say sometimes, kill them with kindness. Somebody can be going off on you. They could be tripping. They could be doing everything. They could be disrespectful. And, you, you know, you look at them and smile and say, have a nice day. God bless you. <laughs> or your yeah, mama. Right. You know, you tell him yo mama with a smile. Yo mama, you know. <laughs> yo yeah, mama right. so fat. <laughs> I mean, so so yeah, okay. you know, just because somebody says something or does something doesn't mean you have to respond negatively to it. Uh, it all you know. If somebody lays their hands on you, you know. I know and. I think in the Bible it says, you know, somebody smack you, turn the other cheek. I I don't know if it's in the Bible. I ain't never read it. Um, But, I mean, you ain't got to do that. Somebody, you know, somebody put their hands on you, then, you know, it's on the proper. You can defend yourself and stand your ground. Um, But this is just saying that uh, based on circumstances, out external circumstances, you have to make a internal decision on how you're going to deal with it. And I mean, this would be, you could, yeah, it doesn't have to be anybody else in the room. It doesn't always have to be, you know, a confrontation with someone else. It could be you on your own. You could be feeling a certain way about something. Uh, or, you know, the people at work, you know, you know, it's always some drama at work. People, you know, they're going to hate on you. You know, they want what you got. People hate us. They, you know, they, people don't hate on homeless people. They, they they don't go around and say, I wish I was homeless like you. You know, I wish I ain't <laughs> had no shoes like you. You know, you sitting here begging for food. I wish I was like you. You know, no, people hate because, you know, they want what you have. They want to be you. You know, or they're jealous of you, things of that nature. So, you know, sometimes we could be pulled in. Like, they, like you said, the devil is a lie, you know. He, the, there's always going to be uh, something negative trying to hold you back or pull you back or keep you from being the best that you can be. There's always going to be something. And you have to be a bigger person in some instances for your own sake, not the sake of anybody else, but for your own sake. It's like if I kill this person, then I'm going to go to jail. Oh, yeah. I'm going to lose everything I, everything I got. I'm about to lose it. So, I mean, you know, in those circumstances, you have control of your actions or what you decide to do. And some people, you know, react in a moment and regret it later. So uh, this, is, this is what we're talking about, self-sabotaging behaviors. Uh, it's a matter of not only maturity, but just identifying and knowing that we're not perfect, that we're all humans. You know, the flesh is weak. You know, there there are things that will tempt us that we know we shouldn't 
indulge in, whether it's overspending, whether it's shopping, whether it's eating, whether it's, you know, uh, sexual appetite, you know, one-night stands or, you know, whatever it is, whatever, you know, those things are we have. This is about being able to identify our triggers. Um, and so, you know, we talk about intuitive thoughts and what those are. Evas- invasive thought, on the other hand, are hectic, induce fear, are irrational, they're random. Invasive thoughts are loud, persistent. Uh, persistent invasive thoughts induce panic, sound scared. They are triggered by external stimuli. These invasive thoughts create a spiral of ideas on how you could put gas, you could put sugar in somebody's gas tank or cut their tires. These invasive thoughts make you feel stuck. Invasive thoughts close off your heart. Invasive thoughts come from the perspective of your most fearful self. Invasive thoughts create problems. Uh, invasive thoughts create a me versus them mentality. Invasive thoughts assume what others think or feel. Invasive thoughts uh, keep you stuck in your head and demand that you react. So those are what intuitive thoughts versus invasive thoughts. So um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about how we can start truly meeting our needs, and then we can go to uh, a commercial break, and I can take a sip of this Cabernet. All right. So Well, before you do that, I'd just like to say what I'm getting for this is that there should be some control that I can use at certain times. Is that well? It's, it, well, I mean, you know, you're talking about anger. You, you know, you're talking about control. You're stuck on anger uh, and and reaction. Yeah, but there there's some things I can say. Yeah, well, okay, what whatever you say, whatever you know, you're go on. Or and then, or, or, or the design. Or the mm-hmm. desire to overindulge in something. I mean, you know, so, yeah, you got to exercise some control because you have to figure out what the trigger is that's causing you to feel like you just need to keep shopping. You know, you got Amazon coming to your house every day. You got a bunch of boxes that you ain't even open because there's some type of need that you have that you haven't identified that you feel shopping is making you feel better or eating Overeating is is making you feel better. It's solving something when ultimately there is a trigger that you have to uh, identify so that you can address it. So not only with the control in in terms of anger and and, and confrontation, but control in terms of uh, invasive thoughts uh, that can uh, create problems uh, or close off your heart. um, or, you know, keep you stuck in your head and demand that you react or do something. So, yeah, you have to exercise some control. Um, so, yeah, yeah, you would be accurate with that. Okay. That's so, what I got out of it. All right. Well, that, that's good. That's good. That would be accurate. So how to start truly meeting your needs. Your basic needs are to be nourished, sleep well, live in a clean environment, not cluttered, 
Don't be hoarding. Um, dress appropriately. Don't go to the store with your pajamas or your house shoes and 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 your your bonnet on. Uh, and be allowed well, to feel what that. you feel. With. <laughs> I know people they do. do That's that. what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's my whole point. Uh, so you have to be allowed to feel what you feel without judgment or suppressing. When you can meet your needs, you are far more likely to feel better about yourself. That's true. When you meet your needs, you can then allow yourself to let others help you meet the ones you can't on your own. This will help you break the self-sabotage cycle and build a more balanced and fulfilling life. So the key takeaways from everything that I said is learning to identify our triggers and the emotions that result in the first step in overcoming our self-defeating habits. Our negative emotions can provide insight into our core needs. Learn to differentiate them together with other invasive thoughts from your gut feelings to break the cycles of self-sabotage. All right. So uh, when we come back uh, from this commercial break, we'll talk about – some reflection questions, uh, and, we, you know, we'll ask some of our, our listening audience to name some of their triggers and what negative emotions do they make you feel, and um, would you describe yourself as highly self-sufficient, codependent, or somewhere in the middle, um, and describe how you connect to others. <clears throat> so this will be an interactive part, you know, if anybody wants to participate. Um, so let's go to a commercial break, Jenny, and uh, we'll come back, and then we'll have a little fun. Is your food bland and you want to spice it up? Does it taste like something is missing? What's missing is my seasoning, which is bodacious seasoning, all-purpose seasoning, good on absolutely everything but ice cream. I'm Linda Porter. President and CEO of Butch's Bodacious Seasoning. To get the spice back in your life, call me at 313-393-2738. You won't regret it. Thank you. (laughs) If you are in need of life insurance, auto or home insurance, or need help in getting out of debt, call your helpful insurance agents at Prime Financial Services. If you know... If you add a child rider to your life insurance policy, you can add multiple children for the price of one, starting at $10,000 worth of coverage for under $10. Call today for a free quote at 313-293-0979. Mention you heard this ad on this show for a free gift. Want to start a business or have tax issues? We know exactly how to handle your individual needs. We personalize each individual and give you the time required to focus on your needs. We audit you before the IRS does. The IRS is not on your side, but we are. We set up companies, do tax preparation, tax and retirement planning, bookkeeping, IRS audits, and reviews. Please call me, Deborah Mitchell, owner of Mitchell & Company, for a free consultation at 248-354-5122. And visit my website, MitchellTexAccounting.com. We'll be back to the Let's Talk About It, Jenny White Show. 
Do you know a youth in need of a place to live? Have you always wanted to make a difference in the city of Detroit, but not known how? The answer to both of these questions is Covenant House, Michigan. Covenant House is a youth homeless shelter serving 18 to 24-year-olds in the city of Detroit with education, resources, job preparation, and so much more. If you'd like to learn more about these programs, please call 313-463-2000 or look us up on the web at www.covenanthousemi.org. And we're back. Okay, we're back, and uh, if you wanted to say something about something that that anyone, that anything has been said, you can say it, and um, I think there's a lot of things that has been said, and someone could have maybe a thought or maybe they know how to deal with, you know, bad uh, uh, conversations that other people had. I um, the other day I heard overheard two women. They were going back and you know back and forth and cursing and and you know their kids around. And, well, no one knows anymore. But, you know, I was kind of calling the women and, you know, trying to get them to stop because they were outside and they were loud. And, you know, I called them. They didn't look at me. Uh, I'm sure they heard me. And I called them twice, and they never stopped at all. So, what I did, I you know, that was the end of that situation because I wasn't going to, you know, do anything else. I just wanted them, you know, if you guys have to have that little situation, you know, calm it down. You don't have to do that with the kids around. But, you know, I just cold, closed the door, and that was the end of that. So how it ended? Um, I guess it was okay for them, you know. But sometimes we have to, we adults, we have to understand how we are supposed to behave when there are children around. And I know, I know, I know that adults, you know, say what they want to say whenever they want to say. And I've heard people, you know, in the stores cursing out little small children, you know. But can you keep your stuff in your house? But how can you – I've seen people knock kids down, small kids, and the child gets back up and follows – the person, and that that breaks my heart, you know. Why do people do that? I don't care if that's not your child. 
Don't do a child like that. But, you know, there's so much going on now. People don't care. Nobody's trying to raise their children. Well, not all of them. But sometimes, you know, you have um, little kids, two and three years old, cursing. Can you believe that? (laughs) Cursing? Oh, my gosh. You know, and so it's a whole new world. That's all I have to say. (laughs) So if anybody else has something else, you know, to say, if they would like to say, you can press the one and we'll listen to you. And maybe you can give us something that we can do, you know. Either way, Mr. Coleman, you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Push the one if you want to participate in this uh, this, this interactive uh, exercise. Um, But, you know, I think one of the things that's important for people to know is that uh, you don't change in breakthroughs. You change in micro shifts. Because if you're stuck in life, it's probably because you're waiting for that big bang the breakthrough moment in which all your fears dissolve and you, you're overcome with clarity. The work that needs to happen happens effortlessly. Your personal transformation rips you from complacency and you wake up one day to an entirely new existence. Well, you know, if you want to know the truth, that moment is, is never going to come. So if that's what you're waiting on, it, it ain't going to happen. Breakthroughs do not happen spontaneously. They are tipping points. Revelations occur when ideas that were sitting in the margins of your mind finally get enough attention to dominate your thoughts. These are the clicking moments, the moments when you finally understand advice you've heard your entire life, light bulb moments. The moment when you're when you habituated yourself to a pattern of behavior for long enough that it becomes instinctive, a mind-blowing singular breakthrough is not what changes your life. A micro-shift is. You have to do the work. You have to make the small steps. You're not just going to step up the bat and hit a home run every time. Sometimes you got to hit a base hit, get the first base, then get the second base. Wake up a little earlier. Go to bed a little earlier. Maybe work out one day out the week. Now, you ain't got to start working out five days, six, seven days a week. You're working out every day, three hours a week, and you ain't worked out in five years. No, just start with 20 minutes. Do something. Take a can, take a couple cans of soup and lift them up over your head. Do some stretches. You know, you, you stiff, you stiff now. You you can't even touch your toes. You know, uh, do something. Say a little something is better than a little nothing. A mind blowing singular breakthrough is not what changes your life. A micro shift is. Breakthroughs are what happens after hours, days, and years of the same mundane, mundane, you know, same thing. 
monotonous work. You got to grind it out. Some people just don't have the desire, the stamina to do it. But like they say, you do something uh, repetitively for 30 days, it becomes a habit. You know, um, you, you know, you fast for 40 days, uh, you're going to take something from that. On day 41, you just don't go back to eating like you was eating before. You know, you say, okay, I'm not going to eat meat for 40 days. And day 41, you just go and get you a double cheeseburger with bacon. <laughs> I Why mean, not? you know, first of, <laughs> yeah, first of all, your system ain't going ain't gonna to be able to handle it because you done purged all that stuff out your system during that period of time. So now you're going to get sick from eating <laughs> some of the stuff you probably love to eat or didn't have a problem with. But now your body has gotten accustomed to not eating so much or eating differently or eating cleaner that now, you you know, you put some of them, them same toxins or fast foods or, you know, whatever, some of that sugar in your system, your body's going to react differently. So the breakthroughs are what happens after hours and days and years of the same mundane, monotonous work. So you got to start somewhere. But a mind-blowing singular breakthrough is not what changes your life or Michael Shift is. You know, get your finances in order. You know, pay off one credit card at a time. Start with the lowest balance and work your way up. It's a snowball effect. You know, you're not just waiting on that lottery. I'm waiting on to hit this $100 million and then everything is going to be all right. You know, <laughs> chances are that ain't going to never happen. So as a writer and media strategist, Ryan Holiday has noted epiphanies are not life-altering, not radical moments of action that give us long-lasting, permitting, permeating change is the restructuring of our habits. You got to change the habits. The idea is what science philosopher Thomas Kuhn dubbed a paradigm shift. That's what you need in your life. You need to change your mindset, a paradigm shift. Kuhn suggests we don't change our lives in flashes of brilliance, but through a slow process in which assumptions unravel and require a new explanation. It's in these periods of flux that microchips happen and breakthrough level change begins to take shape. Think of microchips as tiny increments of change in your day-to-day life. A microchip is changing what you eat for one part of one meal just one time. Then it's doing doing that a second time and a third. Before you even realize what's happening, you've adopted a pattern of behavior. What you do every single day accounts for the quality of your life and the degree of your success. It's not whether you feel like putting in the work, but whether or not you do it regardless. This is because the outcomes of life are not governed by passion. They're governed by principle. You may not think what you did this morning was important, but it was. You may not think that the little things add up, but they do. Consider the age-old brain teaser. Would you rather have a million dollars in hand today or a penny that doubles in value every day for the next month? That million dollars right now sounds great, but after a 31-day month, that one penny would be worth over $10 million. 
Making big, sweeping changes is not difficult because we are flawed, incompetent beings. It's difficult because we are not meant to live outside of our comfort zones. If you want to change your life, you need to make tiny, nearly undetectable decisions every hour of every day until those choices are habituated. Then you'll just continue to do them, and the people around you will have to conform to your new norm. The people around you gonna have to they gonna have to act differently because you change you changing your behavior. What I used to do, I ain't doing no more. What I what you know used to be able to take advantage of me because yeah I was I was a doormat, but you know what I'm tired of that. You can't do that to me no more. My mindset has changed, and I'm doing things differently. I'm operating differently. Yeah, and you might lose um, some friends. Oh, well, I mean, that's part of the process because, you know, life is a vibration and uh, frequency. And so, you know, to attract certain things that we want, sometimes, you know, we're our frequency is too low, and we can't that's attract true. those things. Yeah. You know, and so... Sometimes uh, we have to uh, people will people will uh, eliminate themselves out your life, you know, because you've changed. You know, they can no longer you know get away with what they used to get away with. Um, and so, you know, it's all about a mindset, a paradigm change, a micro shift. You know, this isn't just, I'm not just reading a book. I mean, you know, these are things that I'm practicing myself. Um, and I see it. I see I see the things that work. Um, you know, I see how we can attract certain things to us. I see, you know, the books that I'm reading, how uh, one book says the same thing about another book that I'm reading, or, you know, like The Tipping Point. I'm reading a book called The Tipping Point. Um, you know, uh, talks about how you're feeling. I'm reading a book called uh, The Feeling is the Secret. It talks about what we feel is what we attract. It talks about our conscious and our unconscious, um, what what we think of when we're asleep and how it manifests in our lives while we're woke. Um, you know, how you have to think of yourself as being and not trying or, or, or attempting to be. You have to say, I am. I am this. I am healthy. I am wealthy. I am, you know, amazing. You can't say, uh, I'm, try- I'm trying to be healthy. <laughs> changing my diet. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be a positive person. I'm trying to be nice. You, you know, you have to say I am. That's true. As if you are. And that's, that's how, you, you know, your mind and your body operates. If you want to spend less time on your phone, deny yourself the chance to check it one time today. If you want to eat healthier, drink half a cup of water today. If you want to sleep more, go to bed 10 minutes earlier tonight than you did last. If you want to exercise more, do it now for just 10 minutes. If you want to read, read one page. Start. Just read one page. If you want to meditate, do so for 30 seconds. Just start. 
30 seconds. Just close your eyes, clear your thoughts, and just meditate, even if it's in your car. You get to your destination, cut your car off, you put your car in park, cut it off, turn the radio off, or either drive without the radio on and just meditate. Then keep doing those things. Do them every single day. You'll get used to not checking your phone. You'll want more water, and you'll drink more water. You'll run for 10 minutes, and you won't even feel like you have to stop. So you won't. You'll read one page, grow interested, and read another. You're right. At our most instinctive psychological level, change translates to something dangerous and potentially life-threatening. No wonder why we build our own cages and stay in them, even though there's no lock on the door. Wow. Let me read that again. At our most instinctive psychological level, change translates to something dangerous and potentially life-threatening. Oh, I can't change. I can't change. I mean, you know, know, things are just going to be different. So no wonder why we build our own cages and stay in them even though there's no lock on the door. Hmm. That's like if you got a, that's like, the, you know, they would talk about a grasshopper. A grasshopper, you know, could jump six feet in the air. Uh, but you put your grasshopper in a jar and they can only jump a foot in the air. And so you finally release the grasshopper. And instead of them jumping six feet in the air, they, they jump one foot in the air because this is what they've been programmed to do. This is, they've got limits now. You put a limit on them. So this is as high as they think they can jump. And it's the same thing with humans. We put ourselves in cages and stay in them. Even when there's no lock on the door, they released the slaves, and some of the slaves stayed on the plantation anyway, even though they were free. But trying to shock yourself into a new life isn't going to work, and that's why it hasn't yet. And that's why you, you know, 60, 50, 60, 70 years old, you know, <laughs> still waiting on a breakthrough because you're waiting on, on, you're waiting on the, 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 the Big Bang Theory. You don't need to wait until you feel like changing to start changing. All you need is to make one micro shift at a time and then let the energy and momentum build. So, um, you know, this is taking us to 9 o'clock. And, um, you know, uh, we're talking about, you know, we've talked about self-sabotage behaviors and some of the things that we need to do in order to um, break the cycle. You know, some things are generational curses. And and so, you know, sometimes, you know, we just have to break that cycle. You know, grandmama was on welfare. Mama was on welfare. You know, you on welfare. Your daughter got six kids and she on welfare. Um you know, at some yeah. point, it's got to stop. Yeah, you're you right. Know, uh, uh, so these are just things that it has to start with a change in behavior uh, one step at a time. It's not making major changes because sometimes those can be intimidating. And so we just freeze and never get started. Um, 
but you just have to make one small step in that direction. Um, and um, hopefully uh, at some point you'll see a difference and see a change, and hopefully it's enough that you feel good about yourself and the efforts that you made, even if nobody else says good job or I see, you know, I'm proud of you. I see what you've done. I see you've lost 10 pounds. You know, great job. You look great. You know, um, you have to be able to encourage yourself. Um, and you'll see yeah. that some things that, you know, uh, you attracted to will come your way. Uh, but those things you have to go to bed saying positive affirmations. You have to think positive. Um, and um, if you got an Alexa at home, you know, tell Alexa to play some soothing music or tell Alexa to um, play one-minute meditation. Just tell, you know, say, Alexa, play one-minute meditation, and you'll see what happens, see what she comes up with. Um, or there are some books that you can uh, you can have on audio, and you could just have Alexa read the book for you while you go to sleep. Uh, so those positive things are in your subconscious. That's just like if you go to sleep with a movie on, uh, and you know you wake up the next day and wonder why you you know you you thinking about monsters or something. You know, okay, because that movie was on, or you know looking at something crazy. Um, so it's all about what we feed our minds and really what we feed our subconscious that, you know, happens uh, in our conscious being. So, you know, like I said, I'm on my personal journey to be the best that I can be and really uh, achieve some, you know, some of the things that I want in life and quality of life. And in order to do that, uh, you have to have a certain mindset and you have to have uh, the set, the stamina, and you have to have the faith and, you know, to believe that those things are going to come to pass. So it's a matter of manifestation. Uh, and once you see those things work in your life, you know, there are people that have testimonies, you know, just based on God's goodness and the things that have happened to them through the years, how they've stretched their money and paid their bills and, you know, been able to survive during bad times and times when thing, everything hasn't been great, um, you know. Uh, so, you know, and if it hasn't killed you yet, then, you know, maybe, you know, what the, the fear that you have, it's self-induced, you know, that's what it's saying. It's it's all in your mind. So um, just start making incremental steps to make changes, whatever it is, how, you, know, you know, how big or how small, uh, but do something. And, um, you know, just, uh, you know, after a week, you know, two weeks, a month, just monitor your progress and see how you feel, see if, you know, there's been a change, see if you think about things a little differently. See if you're not as negative as you, you know, maybe had been before. Um, maybe, you know, don't judge yourself harshly. Um, you know, um, we're all human. You know, we all fall short. So uh, just stay uh, stay positive and keep your faith. Keep hope alive. So that, that that's it for me, Jenny. I'm I'm uh, I'm about tapped out. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I thought, I thought that was uh, pretty good. I really did like that and what you were saying. And I had uh, started some of that anyway on myself. I had to talk to myself and tell myself 
I had to do some different things. You know, uh, you have to do something different. You have to. I mean, you don't have to. <laughs> it's up to you. But uh, I wanted a change. I wanted a change. And, you know, you, you got to do that. You well, that's do. good. Like they say, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. You know, at some point you got to figure it out. It ain't going to work. It ain't working. So you got to do something different. You know, yeah. You got to do something different. And, you know, you really have to make yourself uncomfortable. You know, sometimes you just have to operate in a space of uncomfortableness. You know, you, you're too comfortable and you're not you're not getting anywhere, you're not accomplishing anything. Sometimes you have to be uncomfortable and you find that it doesn't kill you and you mess around and you might get something that you really wanted. You know, you might attract something that you wanted, might attract somebody that you wanted. Um, you know, you may, you know, be able to attract, uh, you know, a little more income, a little more, generate a little more money because, uh, you know, you've done something different. So, you know, I don't think that you're ever too old to make a change. Um, and so, no, I don't uh, think so either. Yeah, I mean, so so that's it for me. Uh, so those were my final words. Well, good. Anybody? I'm, I'm clapping. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> that was pretty good. I like that. Um, but I had started that. You know, you have something to click, you know, and you say, why am I doing this? I don't want to keep doing this, you know. And when you do that, you're going to stop whatever it is. You say, no, I'm not doing that anymore, and I'm going to do something different. So you know you have to do something different. Um. Maybe everybody doesn't. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, for myself, I just wanted to, you know, this is 2023, and time is just coming, you know. So you need to do something before you leave here. That's the way I see it. I want to do everything I'm supposed to do. Before I get out of here, so and that's the way it's supposed to be. We all have a purpose. That's it. But it's a whole lot of people don't even begin it, and they're gone, and that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. But uh, I'd like to ask someone if you have a, a comment you'd like to make, just push the one. Just push the one and say something. If not, if not, we about to shut it down. Yeah. Uh, they got, they got the, they got the basketball game on tonight, and uh, I'm about to <laughs> kick back and and look at that. And um, yeah, okay. Well, I like that. Miss uh, Payne, did you have something you wanted to say? Yes, I do. I'm listening. Can you hear me? Yeah. I've been I've been driving while you're talking, but I was just oh, okay. I was just thinking of this. My aunt, I've been running back and forth to the hospital with her 
with her toe, and they were giving her all these shots because of the toe. And anyway, they finally took her toe off, okay? They took it off when she's in the hospital. And she keeps telling me, Lucy, I'm in pain. I'm tired of hurting. I'm tired of this and all that. And the doctor told her this. He said, look, it's the pain that lets us know that that toe is healing. That's what he told her. It hurts to get even try, to try to get well and stuff. And so I just wanted to reiterate that. It's painful. When you want to make a definite change in your life, it's painful. It takes you out of your comfort zone. I was just thinking while he was talking about how many times I done died it. I done looked the same way over and over and over again. This has got to come to a screeching halt <laughs> because I'm old now. You know, it has to, you know, do yeah. that and say, this is my life. I'm going to hold this time. You know, I have to change it during the awful lot. Running with the kids, trying to cook with the kids. Trying, you forget about yourself, but then you have to remember yourself because God gave you yourself before he gave you anybody. And you have to learn to love yourself just the way you are, whether no one else does at all. And I was thinking of that, but she was complaining, Lucy, I'm tired of hurting. I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired, and stuff. And so I told her, I said, look, the doctor, he told her, he said, look, just like it hurts when you're sick, it hurts to get well because that toe is healing. They're still looking for this blood to come down to that toe to heal her foot, you know, and her toe is gone. And... um uh, I just wanted to say that, and I've been listening, but um, I, you know, I had something tonight to do, and got everybody off me, and I turned it on, you know, just while I'm driving. But um, it hurts. It hurts to change your life. You have to change your mind. You have to change yeah. your mind. You say, I'm going yeah. to do this. Yes. I'm going to deny myself and take up my cross and follow. Because right. I want to. I want a different kind of crown this time. And that's what you have to look at it. Yeah. And I'm thankful so much. Yeah. And stop sabotaging myself. Gain and I lose. Gain and I lose. Gain and I lose. Gain and I lose. All of this. It's ridiculous. And it's not oh, that yeah. healthy. Well, yeah, I mean, we all have something that uh, we could be better at. Um, and so it's just a matter of us identifying what it is for us and, you know, uh, what we need to change, and then making the micro shift, you know, just making small changes, not, you know, That's just major changes. You know, I'm not, I'm just going to stop eating, you know. You don't have to be that. No, you have you to know, do it the right way. It can be a part of it, yeah. 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 Satisfied yeah. with yeah. You're satisfied oh, yeah. with I was listening to, um, uh, you know, I listen to Bishop Jakes a lot, and his, and his disruptive thinking, and he made this statement. He said, Instead of you up there in the castle dropping your 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 handkerchief out for the Prince Charming to come and pick it up, you go down there and pick it up yourself, <laughs> you know, pick it up yourself and start doing and changing your mind. And when the Prince Charming comes by, you're so busy, he has to make an appointment to see you. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it was so right. you know. But, you know, you were looking for always somebody to help us out. No, you have to do it. You have to do it. And once you do it, they, it's something that they, no one can take from you at all. That's and that's cool. all I have to say. And thanks so much, um, my wonderful co-host that took over. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. Yeah, for thank thanks you. so much. Let him go see the game now. He's got to go see the game. Right. Yeah. Right. And, uh, if no one else has anything, anything they want to say, I'd like to say this. Memories remind us that nothing lasts forever. 
Time is precious and should not be wasted. Enjoy life. And remember, don't count the days. Make the days count. So having said that, I'm saying good evening. I hope you guys have gotten something out of this um, this what, 30 minutes, <laughs> 60. I, I really hope you got something out of that. You know, it'll uh, help you. I hope. And Mr. Coleman, I appreciate you, and I thank you. We for appreciate you. Yes. Yes, I really well, uh, I enjoyed that. I had already well, started, you but you know that that helped. That really helped. So it's a good thing, and like you say, you can start, you know, one step at a time. One step at all a time. Right. So what I'm going to say that's all I have to say, and I hope you guys well, have a good weekend. And next week, why don't you come back and say something to us? Yes. Do something this week. And when we come next Friday, I want you guys to say something. Okay? Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Good night. Have a good Good weekend. (laughs) Good night. Bye-bye.